0: Hi, I'm Kiran Somwanshi from the Economic Times. Growing up in the 90s, I remember watching ZTV, the first private channel provided by our local cable TV guy on our brand new Japanese color television Sony. It was a world different from Doordarshan and marked the beginning of an era of soap operas and entertaining sagas. But no one would have ever imagined that one day these two media majors in different avatars would be coming together to form India's second largest television network and their merger wouldn't be short of a corporate saga of its own. See,
1: and Sony has signed on the dotted line, the details of merger. We
0: were just... The merger right from the beginning has had its twists and turns, climax after climax and then an anticlimax. It all began in 2019 when two of the independent directors of Z Entertainment Enterprises resigned from its board, citing corporate governance concerns. Nothing much happened then. But later in 2021, global institutional investor Invesco sought the stepping down of three directors from Z's board, including the MD and CEO Puneet Goenka, the son of the company's promoter Subhash Chandra. But before Investco, the largest shareholder in Z could legally move on compelling the company to act on its demands, Z managed to rope in Sony to merge its business with and thus keep Investco and its shareholder activism at bay. So, right during the pandemic, Sony came in as the white knight for Z, promising to infuse $1.5 billion in the merged entity and allowing Puneet Goenka to continue as the MD of the combined entity despite the Z promoter holding being just 4%. It took nearly two years for the merger deal to gain approvals from the shareholders, the stock exchanges, the lenders and the Competition Commission of India, perceived to be the last major hurdle till June 12th, that is. When an interim order from India's market regulator Sebi put a strange spanner in the works. Sebi has
1: passed an interim order against Bhash Chandra and Puneet Goenka in the
0: The order was concerning one of the issues raised by the resigning independent directors and a four-year-old issue has now come back to haunt Z at a critical time in its merger with Sony. The order, while being interim, means that Puneet Goenka cannot continue as the current MD of Z. The company promptly appealed against the SEBI order to the Securities Appellate Tribunal or SAT, calling it unjustified and unwarranted. SEBI is slated to present its arguments today. Meanwhile, Puneet Goenka has shown his willingness to step down as the company's CEO, if needed, for the merger to go through. And Sony is monitoring the situation to see if Z manages to once again clear its way out of a legal hurdle. But it is the company's investors that have paid a heavy price for all this delay. Z, once a nifty 50 index stock, has lost 45% of its value since the merger was first announced. Most would be now wondering if the merger does indeed go through despite all the obstacles. Can the investors expect the price to regain once the company is with Sony? Is Z still an attractive proposition for Sony despite all the irregularities pointed out in the SEBI order? And what happens if the merger deal fails? I probe into these and many more questions in today's episode of The Morning Brief in discussion with a bunch of experts from ET and outside. Together, we delve into the financial, legal and governance issues staring the Z-Sony merger deal. I'm Kiran Somanchi from The Economic Times. It is Tuesday, 27th of June, and you are listening to the A to Z of the Z-Sony merger saga only on The Morning Brief. Incorporated 40 years ago, Subhash Chandra promoted Z Entertainment Enterprises, also called Zee, started India's first private television channel, Zee TV. From that one channel, Zee is now a leading player in the Indian entertainment business with over 45 TV channels, an OTT platform, as well as a pie in the movies and music businesses. In fact, the company closed the last financial year logging revenues of over 8,000 crore rupees and a net profit of just 47 crores. Z has always been a cash cow for its promoter family and the holding company SL Group, which has interest in varied businesses like mass media, infrastructure, amusement parks, packaging and education. But with the media business landscape steadily changing, the group's cash cow has been facing stagnancy. Over the last four financial years, the company's revenues have largely remained flat and its net profit has plunged 90%. The promoter shareholding has also dropped during this period from around 42% to 4% right now. The governance issues have also taken their own toll. As a result, Z's stock price has dropped from its record high of nearly 600 rupees in early 2018 to less than 200 rupees now. In fact, the stock price peaked in 2018 within two years of Reliance Industries' Jio launching its low-cost 4G services. I spoke to my colleague Javed Farooqi, ET's in-house media expert, to throw light on the changes in the media and entertainment industry.
2: There are a lot of changes that are happening in the media landscape. So, particularly if you look at the advertising side of the business, digital advertising has overtaken TV advertising. So earlier, TV networks are competing among themselves for the share of uh, ad pie. Now they also have to compete with the likes of Google and Meta. They have multiple platforms. Google has YouTube, which is the biggest video platform in the country in, in terms of ad revenue. Meta also has Instagram. The video consumption on uh, Facebook is also increasing. So no longer is the fight between just the TV network. On the subscription side, In the OTD space, we have to compete with players like Netflix and Amazon. The boundaries are getting redrawn.
0: Karan Taurani, who tracks media and entertainment industry at Ilara Capital, brought up the numbers behind the changing industry dynamics.
3: I think this market has seen a lot of change over the last five years, rather seven years since the launch of 4G. Because of 4G data being so cheap, because of penetration picking up, because of people spending time on uh, entertainment commerce online video everything put together social uh, i think you know tv time spent has somewhere seen a negative impact and that's led to converging growth rates from you know 12 to 14% kind of a range more towards a 6 to 8% kind of a range for the tv medium which are pre covid 6 to 8% i think in the post covid era 4 to 6% is uh, you know what one should go with in terms of broader tv advertising on a reasonably high base so
0: consolidation amongst the industry players was probably the need of the hour.
3: I think the merger was all about getting synergies on distribution, on uh, advertising, on cost heads, you know, it could be content costs, it could be distribution cost. getting very big synergies on OTT because OTT business can actually scale up if both the platforms come together. So I think the merger, uh, the real intention was to lead consolidation because if these companies, you know, start operating separately, their growth rates would converge further. So in order to grow above industry average or maybe to protect their growth rate of 4-6%, to 6%, the merger was the wr
0: Karan, give us the landscape of why this merger is relevant and how formidable this merged entity will become when you compare it with the industry.
3: Z Sony coming together, they will be second best with the star. So in terms of the broader ad revenue market share on TV, they will be somewhere close to 28%. And Star is somewhere close to 34%. So I think this will drive a lot of efficiency, a lot of synergy. And if you look at the overlap, I mean, there is very little overlap between Z and Sony. They both have their own focus areas, wherein Z is more uh, rural and regional led, and you know, Sony is more urban led and more sports led. So there is little or no overlap which works perfectly you know, for this kind of a combination. So I think that's one big driving force that, you know, no overlap at driving efficiencies together. And I think the second big driving force of this merger is the OTT platform, because OTT market, as I told you, is heavily fragmented, too many issues there around ARPU, around technology, around distribution. So I think both the platforms coming together will give sort of tough competition to other players in the market. And they could actually end up becoming number two or, you know, number one platform in terms of OTT. Because currently, if you look at both these platforms separately, they are currently number four or number five in terms of, uh, you know, the overall ad revenue or subscription revenue market share. So I think coming together is a very important factor for driving scale in the OTT business because digital business end of the day is all about scale.
0: Why did Zee choose to merge with zoning even as, you know, Reliance was waiting in the wings?
3: I mean, uh, you have to factor in here that what works best for either parties. So I think one of the reasons is that with Ycom there is quite a lot of overlap in terms of the various genres that they're catering to. So Ycom is very aggressive in terms of their regional approach uh, led by colors. In terms of rural also, you know, they have a reasonable amount of recall. So I think the overlap, I think, is slightly more as compared to what it is with Sony because so with Sony I think movies is the only journal which make a very large overlap and uh, I think second thing is also you know around synergies in terms of business it could be hitting to you know the control of the business because uh, even Ycom is a company you know which is eventually controlled by a geo it may be an issue wherein you know the promoters of C would not want to give up on control so that could also be one of the reasons, in terms of why this did not happen by home. So, two reasons, in my view, I think the control and management. We you know who would have the KMPs, and second, of course, you know would be around the overlap of the businesses.
0: So, the merger was timely, important, and was largely going on expected lines, as Javit tells me.
2: So, the Z Sony merger is a strategic deal in nature. The two companies signed a merger agreement in December 2021. The coming together of these two companies will lead to a creation of a $10 billion media behemoth. The merger deal has got clearances from uh, the Z shareholders, from the stock exchanges, BAC and NSC, also from the Competition Commission of India, which gave a conditional approval asking Z to sell three of its Hindi channels. To allay any concerns of competition, the last approval remaining is the NCLT. So once the NCLT approval comes in, the merger will be through. But what has been happening is that a lot of SL group lenders and some of the operational creditors of Z also came and intervened in the scheme of merger, which is uh, before the NTLT, and intervened and tried to stall the merger. Now basically, Z has been trying to settle all the issues with lenders and creditors. Suddenly, only this SEBI order came as a surprise.
0: Yeah, indeed. And yeah. such wrong timing
2: couldn't have been worse for the zeal promoters even uh, sony corporation uh, globally has uh, publicly said that they expect the merger deal to close by september 2023 now the, because of the latest sebi order it doesn't look likely that the deal will get completed by september of this year
0: to understand these stressed with legal issues and irregularities i reached out to Molly vyas ets legal eagle
4: so the Z Group and its current promoters have been engaged in various legal battles for quite some time now. I think the Z promoters and the company must have fought more legal battle in the last two years than uh, they may have encountered maybe in last 20 years. The initial major dispute arose in September 2021 when one of its major shareholders Invesco showed Intervention from the National Company Law Tribunal to direct the company to convene an extraordinary general meeting. Now, Invesco aimed to remove three directors, including MD and CEO Pudding Goenka, from the board and appoint six new independent directors of its choosing.
0: Interestingly, Invesco issued this requisition calling for an EGM on September 11th. And within 11 days, Z entered into a non binding agreement to merge with Sony Picture Networks India. On September 22nd.
4: So at that point in time, Invesco was holding almost 18% stake in the company. They were not comfortable with Z promoters not giving enough information to its largest shareholder about the merger and retail and what happens after the merger and all. But following several rounds of litigation in the tribunal and in the Bombay High Court, the dispute Mm -hmm. finally ended and Invesco actually exited from the company. Subsequently, Z and Sony signed a definitive agreement in December 2021 to merge their businesses.
0: And then, the SEBI's order probing into a four-year-old transaction related to an innocuous group company raised fresh troubles for Z.
4: Everything appeared to be going well until last month when BSC and NSC informed the tribunal that the Security and Exchange Board of India had instructed them to submit the Capital Market Regulator's order regarding another company promoted by the SL Group called Shirpur Gold Refinery. In that order, SEBI had observed that the promoter of the SL Group had allegedly diverted company's assets for their own benefit. In response to that application, now the tribunal ordered BAC and NAC to reissue their clearance which they had given to the merger. However, promoters challenged that NCLT's order in the National Company Law Appellate Tribunal, which subsequently overturned the NCLT's decision. Right. Yeah. So now what happened? Uh, Z encountered fresh trouble on June 12 when SEBI issued an interim order prohibiting Subhash Chandra and his son Punit Goenga from holding directorship or managerial position in a listed company. Currently, both Chandra and Goenka have challenged this order in the security appellate tribunal as we speak. And uh, now, SET will have to decide on that uh, petition.
0: But then what prompted SEBI to probe into a four-year-old issue and roll out an interim order implicating Subhash Chandra and his son, Puneet Goenka? Ashish Singh, managing partner of law firm Capstone Legal, provides me a lowdown on the regulatory order. So, before we jump on to the main order and its contents and the allegations posed, what prompted this SEBI order? Can you kind of give us some background on that?
5: So, the independent directors of the company, they found out that the loans have been extended to a subsidiary company of Z Entertainment without taking the approval of the board. Now, this itself is a serious offence and they wrote to SEBI about it. They wrote to the board of directors as well that the manner in which it has been done is very relaxed. And Sebi started an inquiry on the basis of these letters. Thereafter, the directors of the company tried to settle the matter with Sebi. That did not happen. And there was further investigation.
0: So this letter or this complaint that was raised by the independent directors, I think that that is the same issue of 2019, right? Where uh, Harika Bora and uh, uh, Subodh Kumar, they put this up.
5: Yes, exactly.
0: Correct. So, what took it so long for SEBI to kind of take up the matter of 2019 and issue an order in 2023?
5: See, there are multiple factors involved because the layers of transactions that the SEBI order discloses, it discloses several entities, it discloses transactions at multiple stages. And I'm sure that SEBI must have recorded some statements also of uh, people who are involved in this transaction. And therefore, these things tend to take some time. Also, because there are many companies involved, several different jurisdictions, and all of the companies are not listed companies per se. So, the investigation becomes a little slow. But all said and done, this is quite delayed.
0: What are the main allegations that the regulator sets out to make in the order?
5: Yeah, so there are two basic allegations. The first one being that the approval of the board was not taken because it's a listed company. So the approval of the board is required whenever a letter is given, you know, securing a particular loan for a subsidiary company. So that tends to be the first charge. The second is when the money was actually repaid, it was repaid through a circuitous route, which is that the entities which are owned by Z or owned by the promoter family were basically used to pay off the money which was taken from Z. So that is the main allegation which is required to be seen at a later stage, whether it stands in the final order or is changed in appeal. So, the claim is that the money was taken from Z to pay back these loans and it was routed through various companies that were effectively owned by the promoters of Z Entertainment. Hmm. So, they have taken various examples as to how this transaction has happened they may have relied upon various disclosures that were given to the Ministry of Corporate Affairs, which all companies have to give, and repayments being made to the bank as well. So what it basically means is that initially the money was taken away without informing the board of directors. And when the money was eventually returned back to Yes Bank, it was through Z only. So basically mm. the entertainment lost two hundred crore rupees because of this. That is the main allegation of SEBI and That's what they are contending, that this has caused loss to the company, which could have been avoided. But what they are essentially saying is that this is not a one-off affair. It has not happened for the first time. And which is the reason why they have passed an interim order saying that it might happen again, or it might affect the independence of the probe that is going on by SEBI. That's why they have passed the interim order. But we have to all understand that there's still an interim order. They are yet to go to the very root of the issue. They are yet to receive objections from Z. In fact, Z has also filed an appeal before the Securities Appellate Tribunal against the same order, and the Magistrate's Appellate. So, let us see how it progresses. But what has come out essentially is that this is not a one-off transaction.
0: There are clear corporate governance issues that have been highlighted in Sebi's interim order. I spoke to Hetal Dalal's Chief Operating Officer of proxy advisory firm IIAS that had
1: green flagged the Z-Sony merger deal. See, the SEBI order is for a transaction that happened four years earlier. It's a great order in terms of the fact that it has a tremendous amount of clarity, it's put the data together and it makes a legitimately strong argument. And essentially, it talks about the fact that there were concerns raised by independent directors on corporate governance issues, more specifically related party transactions. And uh, SEBI has managed to put the data together to show that there is essentially a circular flow of money which is happening and there is money which is being used from Z to support group companies. SEBI's contention also is that this is not the first time it's happened and this is a practice that the group has followed in other instances as well. And therefore, it's come out with this interim order of banning, Subhash Chandra and Punit Poyanka for one year from being on the board of a listed company or any of its subsidiaries. And in this stage, is an interim order. Both the individuals have an opportunity to present their case to SEBI and we still have to see what the final order will say before we come to a conclusion on what this means. What are your prime concerns with the whole merger deal and what all we have seen? Subhash Chandra and Pune have built a great asset in Z. That's clearly why Sony is out here trying to um, sort of get into a deal, despite all the other conversations that we're seeing around the concerns over governance. The merger is clearly in the uh, long-term interest of all stakeholders. Um I think the concern we had when they presented the transaction to shareholders was that there were, uh, there were several elements of the transaction that we didn't agree with. You know, the 1,100 crore non-compete, which is being paid. You would argue that at this stage, is that, um, is that necessary? And is there a real threat for competition to come back from Goinka and Subhashner for 1,100 crore payout? I think the second thing that we didn't, didn't like was the fact that Puneet was clearly embedded into the transaction as the continuing CEO, with his remuneration also being set. And uh, we felt that these are separate issues and should have been brought separately to shareholders for a vote, and shareholders should have had the opportunity to vote on these uh, individually. But it was all merged, and therefore we felt that in the larger scheme of things, the transaction was in the long-term interest of all stakeholders. So. Therefore, you saw even from a voting perspective, investors supported the entire transaction despite some of these nooks and crannies which not everybody sort of agreed with. So, by and large, uh, yeah, I think the transaction is good. Of course, there are now a lot of hoops that need to be sort of jumped over before the transaction actually fructifies. So, we'll see how this plays out. And what would be your comments on the role
0: of the auditors and the board members with respect to whatever irregularities that have been pointed out
1: in SEBI's order? Okay, so let's break it up into two parts. There's the board and then the, there's the auditors, right? I think um, some parts of the board functioned in the sense that the independent directors which resigned had very clearly articulated their concerns over related party transactions and other governance issues uh, in their resignation letter, which to be fair is very rare. We don't see that often enough. We saw that in PTC, we're seeing this here, but you don't see it often enough. Um, And for for independent directors of resign, citing this very clearly and articulating this in their resignation letters is something that should have been taken cognizance of. The residual board, at least from what the SEBI order says, the residual board did not get an independent investigation done, which is what you would expect an independent board to actually do. So that's a concern that despite these issues being raised by members of the board in their resignation letter, an external independent investigation was not really undertaken to get to the root of what the issues are. And I think that's where the board should have played a much stronger sort of role in trying to figure out what has transpired and therefore trying to create checks and balances and structures which would reduce the risk of such repeated transactions or related party transactions with the company. Past couple of years, auditors have qualified the financial statement. So it's not like the auditors gave the company a clean check. Now, if you look at the SEBI order, they have managed to trace the money trail over several companies. And SEBI has the wherewithal and the ability to ask for the data and put the pieces together. If you're an auditor, the scope of the audit is limited in terms of what you can ask and what you can surmise. There has to be a certain degree of balance in looking at the role of the auditor also in in some of these issues. And it's not easy even from an audit perspective to figure out some of these things if they run through such complicated channels.
0: Interestingly, despite Z's checkered past, its Japanese white knight remains committed. But I wonder if the latest regulatory hurdle can pose a serious threat to Sony's commitment. Current weighs in with the various alternative scenarios.
3: I think Z has almost had two rounds of audits and whatever has come out now through SEBI, most of it rather is kind of known by Sony in terms of whatever due diligence that they would have done. And my personal opinion is that, you know, this merger is as important for Sony as it is for Z. So I think both parties are equally placed because if at all this merger does not go through sony will also continue to see a big struggle in terms of the overall tv market which is right now dominated by star and there is no way that you know they can match up to that kind of scale so i think definitely as long as nothing new comes up or as long as you know things stand to be where they are in terms of whatever has come out for now and if at all uh, you know the promoter needs to step down or you know is not a part of the kmp and if he is, uh, you know, kind of readily moving out and letting the merger go through, I think in that case, the merger should uh, eventually happen. But too many uncertainties there for now. So I'm saying the probability of the merger going through was, you know, more than 95% a month back when the SEBI announcement didn't come. I think post that the probability is now come to 70 to 80% because too many nitty is now I think NCLT hearings are getting delayed. We don't know what will be the outcome of SAD. It may also need some change in terms of the deal contours because the CEO will be new, it might require board approval, shareholder approval. So I think some changes are going to happen in the merger for sure over the near term.
0: That also means delays.
3: I don't see delay. I think what is going to happen here is that in the best case, we will give a stay order to the Goenka family. And uh, which means that uh, they will probably you know, fight against the stay order. Now, we don't know in terms of how patient Sony will be or you know, whether they'll wait for this outcome of stay order to come in. But in case they are not patient, we already have some kind of comfort factor from the Goinka family that if at all this matter is stretched with SEBI, wherein they don't get a legal outcome, they are going to happily step aside in interest of the shareholders. Which gives us comfort that uh, you know, even with or without him, the merger eventually should go through. Because currently the only roadblock for NCLT hearings is the SAT outcome, which is kind of not come now. So talking about
0: shareholders, the Z stock has corrected sharply. So, what is the investment outlook now for the stock? And what happens if the merger deal actually fails or gets delayed?
3: So, I think uh, we can draw two scenarios here. So, I think in the first scenario, let's assume the merger does not go through, you know, in a worst case scenario. I think on that perspective, Z as an entity or a standard entity rather, is trading at subject close to 18 times, forward PERF by 25 as per our estimates. And because I mentioned the point that, uh, you know, without the merger, there is no synergy, there is no scale, there's no advantage on growth, you will see a massive derating, you know, in terms of valuation multiple, which means the stock would see a 25-30% downside if the merger does not go through. If the merger is delayed, the second scenario, I think the stock will uh, be in a similar range, you will not see upward or downward movement in case of delays. And if at all the merger goes through, I believe that, you know, there is a big derating potential out here because you're going to talk about big scale, uh, you're going to talk about revenue synergies, cost synergies, about the scaling OTT, about the company becoming an MNC, wherein you know, corporate governance overhang will also kind of move away. So, I think lots to make you know from the investor's standpoint, if the merger goes through and eventually, I think if the merger goes through, you will see a 70% kind of an upside.
0: The fate of the Z Sony merger deal is likely to unfold over the next few weeks. Both the parties appear committed to make it happen even as the market regulator seems determined to implicate the Z-promoters for their alleged wrongdoing. But overall, there is a high chance that the merger will go through, with or without the Goinkas at the helm. The first family of Indian television industry is likely to fight out its regulatory battle in the tribunals and the courts. But on the whole, the issue highlights certain clear trends about the way doing business in India is gradually changing. For one, resignation of independent directors and qualifications of auditors are elements of governance that can no longer be brushed aside. Secondly, the market regulator today has become agile and equipped in picking up these cues to undertake a follow-on investigation. Thirdly, Scaling up requires clear governance record, be it for companies or startups. Otherwise, past issues have the potential to come up and spoil the current performance, valuations, and future growth prospects. And finally, despite the governance issues, India and its businesses do offer significant promise of growth to multinational companies across the globe. They are ready to wait out our transition on the governance front. So, that's it for today. This is Kiran Somvanshi from The Economic Times. And you are listening to the A to Z of the Z-Sony Merger Saga only on The Morning Brief. A special thank you to our guests Karan Taurani, Hedal Dalal, Ashish Singh, Malik Vyas and Javed Farooqi. This episode was brought to you by sound editor Indranil Bhattacharji and producer Sumit Pandey. Executive producers Anupriya Nair, Anirban Chaudhary and Arijit Barman. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, do share it on your social media networks. A new episode of the Morning Brief podcast drops every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Don't miss it. It streams on Amazon Prime Music, Geo 7 Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. And of course, ET's own audio platform, ET Play. Have a great week ahead. All clips used in this
1: episode belong to the respective owners Credits are mentioned in the description.